0: Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Rev. Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning's epistle lesson has a special place in my heart. The text this text from Philippians was the text where suddenly the lights went on for me. As many of you may, uh, may know, I was not always a Christian. I was, in fact, raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. In my early 20s, I had been questioning what I thought was true, and that's when I came across this passage from Philippians. What St. Paul the Apostle wrote here was like being hit in the head with a two-by-four. The lights went on, and I saw something in this text that changed my world that I had never seen before. What was it about this text that was so vitally important to bringing me out of a false religion and into the Christian church? That's what I want to look at a little bit this morning. The Apostle Paul tells us what he thought were the advantages of his former life in Judaism. So imagine for a moment a spiritual bank book with two columns. On the one side, there's your credits, your gains, on the other side, there's your debits, your losses. So Paul here, in the first little chunk of our text, he focuses on the, on the prophets, the things that he thought would make him acceptable come Judgment Day. He felt that his spiritual ledger was all finally balanced. In terms of his relationship with God, it, it, in fact, Paul had thought that he didn't have really have much on the losses side at all. Paul had placed his confidence in the flesh. He says, if anyone else thinks they have reason to have confidence in the flesh, I have more. And so Paul's confidence has two points. First, it has to do with his birth, and second, with his performance. First, there's confidence that he has from his birth. Circumcised on the eighth day. Race, Israelite. Tribe, Benjamin. Descent, Hebrew, through and through. Paul thinks that because he is an Israelite, he's part of God's people, and that guarantees him an automatic plus on the credit side. Second, he has confidence that comes from his performance. There are th- these are things that he didn't inherit. No, these are things that he had done. He had personally achieved. He says, observance, observance of the law, I was a Pharisee. Zealous, I persecuted the church. That's how zealous I was. Official status under the law, I was blameless. Those are the things that Paul trusted in. His birth and his performance. Now, does that mean that Paul's spiritual bank book was was in credit, overflowing with a surplus? Well, certainly not. If Paul could have gained entrance into heaven by his works, he would have. At one time... Paul considered all of those things, his birth and his performance, they, he thought that was all to his profit. He thought that he had all the advantages that would have helped him gain and merit eternal life all on his own. But something changed. Paul realized that his books were out of balance that many of the items that he thought gave him a credit actually were to his loss. They should be placed on the other side of the page. They're part of the loss column, not the gain column. Ever since Paul had that blinding experience on the road to Damascus, Paul's eyes of faith were opened, and he realized that his spiritual ledger was all wrong. All those things he thought won him God's favor actually didn't do that. They stood in the way of him having a right relationship with the Lord. They didn't give him any of his own righteousness. And they closed heaven to him. All those old things that he thought gave him a benefit had to be thrown out as being totally useless and worthless. Everything that he put his confidence in, his birth and his performance, Paul now considers nothing more than garbage. Garbage that smells up your house and you have to take it out and haul it into the road. They're not a surplus. On the contrary, Paul realizes that spiritually speaking, he's bankrupt. That's what I realized too. I was trusting in how many doors I knocked on and how many services I went to, to see if I could do enough things to check off enough boxes to get me to eternal life. What are you placing your confidence in? What are you putting on that credit side of your spiritual ledger? Because you see, you have a considerable debt, a colossal loss that needs to be balanced out, God says we should fear, love, and trust in him above all things. Instead, we do not. God has commanded us to love our neighbors as ourselves. We don't do that either. On top of that, God has made you. He has given you your body, your soul, and all your members. God takes care of you. He provides all that you need to support this body and life. The Creator Himself defends you against all danger, guards and protects you from all evil, and He does this all out of His fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness on your part. For all that, you already owe God all of your thanks, praise, and obedience. So, what will you put on the other side of the ledger to balance out all of that debt. How will you repay God? Your good works? Your prayers? Your church attendance? the, The good life that you live? Being religious? Telling others about Jesus? Helping those in need? Social justice? You owe that to God already. If you were to live your life perfectly from here on out, you still would not have a a, a credit because you owed that to God already. And now, on top of the fact that you owe all that to God already, on top of that, you're also a sinner. So now you owe God more. You need to make up for your sins. So you need to see that you are spiritually bankrupt in and of yourself. There is nothing in the world that you can put into that credit column to balance out what you owe to God. Instead, your debt continues to increase. Now Paul, Paul goes another step. He says far more than just all those things that he boasted in, are losses. He instead says that everything is a loss. He moves every single thing in the universe over to the loss column until only one thing remains in the credit column. Paul has discovered one thing to put on the credit side. Everything else he can imagine is a loss in comparison to it. He's found something to make up for our massive debt to God. And that something is a person. His name is Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Lord, the crucified and risen King. The plus side of Paul's ledger now has a balance. The loss column says everything. And the plus solemn says Christ. There are two categories of people. Some who think they are members of God's people since because they try to keep God's law. Others are regarded as God's people because they trust in the sufferings and death of Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, as the Messiah, has done at last what we could not do. We are saved not by our own faithfulness, but by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ even to death. Yes, the death of the cross. The righteousness that we possess comes from Christ's faithful obedience to the Father on the cross, where he willingly suffered and died to pay the debt of your sins. The way we share in that faithfulness, the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, is by faith. Our trust in the promise that we are forgiven because by the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, you have God's favor. You did not earn it. Jesus Christ earned it for you, and he gives it to you as a gift. Because you have Jesus, that means you have a credit balance, and that consists only of him. No longer do you have any debt hanging over you. You are justified, declared righteous. The debt is forgiven. The righteousness, all of the demands that the holy God puts on you, that is given to you, credited to your account because of Jesus. We are spiritually wealthy in Jesus. Now this isn't only about how you become a Christian. It's about the status you have and continue to have as full members of God's People, no matter who you are or what you have done, it's not I was justified, I was forgiven. It is I am justified. It's the same thing with marriage. You don't say I was married. Husbands, don't say I was married when your wife is sitting right next to you. That is not a good idea. You say I am married, it is a status that you enjoy. Currently, a past action that has results today. Don't say, I was baptized. You say, I am baptized. Don't say, I was forgiven. I am forgiven. It is a present reality. Paul says, there's a surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, knowing him, not knowing facts about him. Facts are, about Jesus are very important. But this is more than just knowing about Him. This is knowing Him. This is having a personal relationship with Jesus. What does that mean? It means listening to Him speak to you through His holy word. And it means trusting His promises that He offers to you through His word. It means enjoying the benefits of His cross delivered to you each week through word and sacrament ministry. It's about conforming your life to him, being committed to a repentant life that seeks to put death, to put sin to death, and strives to imitate this Messiah. So, what did I notice in this text that rocked my world? Simply this there is nothing more important than Jesus Christ. Nothing. What work? What thing would you dare to put beside the sufferings and death of Jesus on the cross for you? There is nothing in the whole world that compares with our Lord Jesus Christ. Our solitary confidence must be in Jesus Christ. Our only boast must be in Jesus Christ. Our sole delight must be in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the center of our worship, our gratitude, the center of our love and the focal point of our hope. Place your confidence and trust in Christ Jesus and in nothing else. Our only boast, our only confidence, our only hope must be in Christ. Salvation is all of God's grace because of the suffering and death of Jesus on your behalf. Saving faith is abandoning everything that we would cling to and credit ourselves with that's not the faithful work of Jesus Christ to death on your behalf. He is your only hope. Christ only stands in that credit column and nothing else. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at RevFenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.